0: Pia Lee is an expert in the leadership of teams. And how do we get work done? It's through teams. Pia shares with us how teams can take ownership and accelerate their success. Whether you are a team member or a team leader, you don't want to miss this one. I'm glad you're here to listen in. Welcome to the Courage of a Leader podcast. This is where you hear real life stories of top leaders achieving extraordinary results, and you get practical advice and techniques you can immediately apply for your own success. This is where you will get inspired and take bold, courageous action. I'm so glad you can join us. I'm your host, Amy Riley. Now, are you ready to step into the full power of your leadership and achieve the results you care about most? Let's ignite the courage of a leader. Pia, your company, your work focuses on positively impacting teams. Tell us
1: why the focus on teams. Um, Well, I probably have to go back a little bit of time there. So um, Mm -hmm. my previous career was running a a global leadership consultancy, and we had the fortune of of working with multinationals around the world, and that was for nearly 20 years. And then um, we started asking ourselves some questions at the end of that period, which was how a team served. We thought about it and looked at three areas, organization, team, and individual. An individual gets a lot of love, care, and attention. So there are lots of tools, approaches, and we love that. And that is, that's really valuable. Then there's been a huge uptick in engagement cultural surveys. And then what we tend to do at a team level is aggregate that data. So we're taking what people are talking about the organization, but we aggregate it to a team. We went, gosh, the team is the key unit that actually gets the job done. Yes. What's happening. How are they being served? Mm -hmm. And so that then took us on a journey to start to build Squatify, which is a platform which supports the growth and development and performance of teams and um, so and what's the premise of that? The work that we did working with all those organizations created a framework. And I know you're familiar with this. We both yeah. are. Which um, I would come across clients 20 years later and they would still remember the three C's. Yay. And I'd go, okay, right. I think there's something in this. Um, so because they could remember it. So so that what, this, this sort of concept of leadership is the leader is here to create the conditions of success for themselves and their team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So what we did was break this down into something that was so easy to understand. It was, it was easy to repeat, remind ourselves, and action. So these three conditions – are clarity mm-hmm. climate and competence all begin with the same letter that's quite handy because then you really <laughs> do nothing, and they actually go in alphabetical order which also helps wasn't intentional so what do we mean by that a leader's role is to create with the team <clears throat> why they're doing the clarity of why they're doing something what they're doing how they're doing it and who's going to do it then the climate is the environment both the systems and processes but also that cultural that psychological safety that enables yes. the team to work together uh-huh. and then and then the competence which is knowledge and skills behaviors and attitude so those three c's those three conditions are what a what a team leader and a, a manager needs to be thinking about more holistically we sometimes narrow down just on the task And we don't realize the importance of the teamwork to deliver that task. This is more holistic. So it widens our thinking around that. Mm -hmm. And and this is really interesting because over the, you know, the pandemic I think has really accelerated the need for teamwork. Mm -hmm. But some are, understanding of teamwork has got lost in probably the last 20 or so years. A lot of books were written about it in the nineties. It was a big thing. No, there's no iron team and all that. And it got, and then it sort of became a bit, Oh, and then the the individual and the organization rose in prominence and the teams got lost or taken for granted. So we've got a manager, a leader and this key unit they think they're a team, but what our observation is, quite often they're groups of individuals mm-hmm. who I might report but don't have that sense of teamwork, the dynamics to maximize their performance, or, most importantly, the ability to have the conversation. So what we were seeing in, mm-hmm. when we were working with these organizations, human beings were craving connection and engagement but we're being driven to have a very tactical, business focused, task focused conversation. Yes. So, can you see that? It's like a split. Yeah. Want this, but this is happening. And so therefore yeah. you're you're almost conditioned to think, well, the organization doesn't want that. That's not what this is about. And then their behavior can be replicated with the team. That's quite a tricky situation then when particularly when you walk, are in times that are as volatile as now, yeah. we don't have, we're seeking that cohesion. We're seeking that connection. We're seeking that collaboration. We're in a very fast paced world. The demands will always keep upping. We need to lean in on our humanity and we need to be able to build our skills of managing those dynamics more effectively in the unit of the eight, 10, 12 people that we may be working with.
0: Yeah, this this is so great, Pia. You said so many insightful things already. I know this isn't the first time you and I are having some of these conversations, but when you say that, it seems so clear to me. Yes, all of these surveys and this study and this attention that's going on in an organization, it's either on the individual hey, are you and your needs getting met? Are you engaged? Or it's at the overall organizational culture level and we're not looking at the teams of the people who could come together and create the extraordinary results, right? Yeah, and I love with your work and the data that's coming out of Squadify, you're having the answers to how do we connect and get that collaboration that, that team members are craving and, yeah, come, come together and team in effective ways.
1: So, I mean, it, it's it's not, and again, I think um, sometimes the solutions are quite simple, but we're mm-hmm. looking for the most um, exciting technological <laughs> advancements when, in actual fact, human beings do need to connect. And the greatest way they connect is through communication, through conversation. So Squadify was born on the premise that everyone has a voice about, and they are able to anonymously input their data about what they think is important for their team. Yeah. So they rate the importance of each Mm -hmm. question and then how present it is. Mm -hmm. And that, those two, those two elements create, a very rich source of data for the team that is only about the team and it's permission-based. So this isn't something that's actually launched by HR and then they view all the results. Instead, it's actually launched by the team leader and they hold on and they decide where their results go. It's by the team and for the team. Yes. Yes. And that then tells us what the the team is easily able to see where their lowest scores are, their higher scores are, the gaps are, but also it measures the range and actually do they have different views on it? The gold comes in that the team leader often gets results first, but then the whole team looks at the results and it is the conversation they have about the results because it's a little bit like the way it's been designed is that it's easy to navigate. It's easy to understand. It's intuitive. It's prompting a conversation. That's what we want people to have. Because by having the conversation, you build your own competence, you build your own realization and awareness. And all of a sudden you're building the real muscle of teamwork. You can start to see this is what we need to aim. And it's an iterative process. You repeat it every 80, 90 days so that you're putting actions into place tracking your performance, reassessing, and repeating the process over a year. Yeah. And, and so by the end of the year, you've, you've had some what we call straight talking without offense type conversations. Great, yeah. And the team has a shared understanding of what good teamwork is looking like and, and how we're doing and what we need to do, not as a judgment thing, Mm -hmm. it's actually about, it's more accountability and empowerment. We can do Mm -hmm. this. We got this. Mm -hmm. Uh Once we know what it is, then we're not in that sort of unconscious incompetence. We go the opposite. We become very conscious about Mm -hmm. what we're competent at and things that we need to improve completely different mindset,
0: completely aware raising the awareness of the impact that they have on one another and setting them up to co-create what works for them.
1: Uh, every, we, I was going to say every team's different. So that was the other yeah. part. You can't you can't do a sheep dip approach, but so you need to create an architecture that enables those teams to have the conversation.
0: Great. Each team is different. We are talking today to Pia Lee. Pia is the co-founder and CEO of Squadify. PLE's experience managing teams and her expertise in leadership consultation spans over 30 years. Positively impacting people in teams, Squadify codifies the key conditions for delivering success. I've already heard about that. Whereby teams can assess, track and develop through a nexus of data and dialogue. Prior to Squadify, PLE held the position of CEO at LIW a global leadership consultancy based in Sydney. She held that position for more than 10 years. Her leadership helped LIW expand its reach through a pioneering range of leadership consulting, leadership development, and coaching services. An advocate for creating measurable and sustainable business impact for a broad range of global clients in both the private and public sectors, Pia has coached and consulted blue chip clients, including Cisco, Republic of Tanzania Government, Sanofi Healthcare, Macquarie Bank, Google, and Atlassian. Completing her Master's of Organizational Coaching at the University of Sydney, Pia is the joint author of Keep Calm and Carry On Leading and is qualified across a number of psychometric tools and assessment frameworks. She's also the co-host of the podcast, We Not Me, which, of course, is exploring how we get stuff done in groups and teams. Pia lives in northern New South Wales on an acreage with her partner and young family. She balances life with ducks, alpacas, the horses are coming, and lots <laughs> of lawn mowing, and enjoys capturing life on camera. It's always interesting. I always learn something
1: talking with you, Pia. So thanks for being here today. Oh, thank you, Amy. It's absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure.
0: And I love how you've been sharing with us that there are these three C's, these conditions for success that leaders and teams are focusing on creating for themselves. So there's some common three C's that we can look at, yet every team is different and they're they're focusing on uh, what's more important uh, to them, based on their preferences, the work that they're doing, all kinds of variables.
1: Yeah, that's correct. I mean, it's um, common language is critical mm-hmm. for leadership because this gives that's- a it gives the cut through cut through the, the common understanding. Um, and and enables that alignment to execution because people are are aware of what it is that they that they need to be focusing on. But every team is different, and their context is different. And teams um, develop; people come and go. The leader may come and go. But how do you create that common thread? And really, over these twenty odd years of where we we have worked with these large organisations and created this framework of these three Cs, we got to the point where we're going, this thing really, really works. (laughs) And our clients are telling us it really, really works. And we were winning lots of impact awards. So we actually went to London School of Economics and said, okay, can you verify this? Let's do the proper research around it. And tell us whether, you know, we've got a bias towards these three Cs or whether they actually we've got something now it's not to say I, you know I, I it's it's not to say this is it what we've tried to do is go does this capture the key elements and help you to remember and to be proactive in your leadership and in your teamwork because yeah. if you're if you're trying to remember seven things it's unlikely you're going which one was it again you want it to be so it's instinctive then you can get to the business of actually connecting with your people and, and, and actually <laughs> building, building the teamwork if you're not trying to remember, remember stuff. So LSE came back with a couple of interesting things. One was that it is clarity, that, that, that whole element of being clear about why you're doing, what you're doing, how and who, and uh-huh. climate that drives performance, not competence. Now, this is a little bit – this is a bit of a a bomb in the room because we are fixated on hiring rock stars, but Mm -hmm. we somehow don't get the rock star team. And this is – and the the other Cs tell us why. So the rock star team is formed around the clarity piece and around building an effective climate. Mm -hmm. Most people – are pretty smart and are pretty motivated. But those two factors, or those two conditions, clarity and climate can, can undermine their performance and undermine the overall <laughs> collective performance. How do you bring seven, eight people together and their collective output is more than the sum of their parts? Mm-hmm. And that, that's the distinction between a team and a group. And a group. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, yeah. And, and LSE also talked about how having a shared mental model, which goes back to that element of having some of the the language, having a shared mental model about the direction, but the way that we do things rapidly increases performance because you're not putting any energy into managing the dynamics negatively within your own team. You're putting that to positive intent. If you've got that shared, this is how we work. This is what we do. You know, and this enables us to to perform. If it's democratically decided amongst the team, this is how we're going to do it. And there's an an element of iteration. You've got big buy-in. Yeah. And, And that's where I think we'll see, you know, in this call it what you will, the great resignation talent shortage, but what, but this will tie people in, this will build greater engagement.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, and that's, that can represent a different shift in leadership approach for many. Instead of being the leader that says, here's, we're about here's how we do it, here's how we drive forward, you know, here's how we're going to operate as a team. Instead, being the leader that focuses on how do I create the environment and tee up the conversation so that the team can say how yep. we're going to collaborate and create and move towards our goals.
1: And that's not, it's not an all. Oh all of one or all of the other it's it's that you got you pitched on that really good word co-create if the team leader the if the if the manager or the leader is thinking about okay what are we trying to achieve and why here and does everybody know what that is then how do i create the right conditions for everyone to achieve that and that could be
0: because we need that we need some of that clarity from our team leader right we need a team leader to start driving with the clarity
1: yeah so the Biggest surprise I've had over the last two years is that actually many, the most teams do not have a collective goal. They have a sum of the individual KPIs. So everybody has their own measure and objective, and then they come together to sort of create an output for the team. But that isn't necessarily clarified. So. Changing that, we're always going to have individual objectives. That's kind of like how the system works. But the system isn't setting up teamwork. The system is setting up individuals to be accountable.
0: It is, yeah. And that
1: and and that's the that and so okay. So how do we get around that? So teams we've worked with have gone okay. Let's create some of our own goals on top of that. So what are we working towards? How are we going to oh, measure yeah. ourselves? Yeah, exactly. Really simple. It doesn't have doesn't have to be complicated. And that's yeah. That has really bolstered performance significantly. Um, We see that clarity is the area that most teams go to once they've done a squadify. They actually then realize, "Mm, actually, we're not quite as clear. We're clear-ish. We're very clear on the direction, less clear on the plan, and even less clear on our success metrics. As a team, not as individuals. So then when they put focus on that and getting interested on in developing that, then they find immediately they get an uplift. And then it can allow them to look at the next phase, which is like, well, what are our dynamics like? How do we speak up? How do we resolve tension? And mm-hmm. we spent a lot of time devising the questions so that they could be applicable across all industry sets and all levels. You know, you and I have worked on a lot of psychometrics here that you sort of need a bit of a PhD to work out exactly what the words are and what that are, or very intricate yeah. color coding. <laughs> so that you're like, so you have to get a very expensive consultant in to help you, which, you know, it, it, it is uh, nice in some ways, but that's not democratizing the value of teamwork. Yeah. And actually you've got to disrupt that. And it is yeah. not as complicated it's not easy that's not that's not because it's got a human factor yeah but we're passionate at squadify to go how do we take this knowledge and how do we get it to many to many teams so that they can access it themselves develop the dialogue and all ships rise Yeah. i don't know about you but I'm sort of getting to that stage in my life of realizing how important this connection is and what the value is that we're going to give to the next generation. If we miss this, we miss the art of communicating. Mm-hmm. And if we don't communicate like in any relationship, we see this a lot, mm-hmm. then the friction will happen and think and, and performance will drop and problems will emerge. Yeah, yeah. So I I feel like it's, it's a, you know, it, it's a it's a call, it's a calling. Yes, yeah, as much well, yeah. as well as um, a real business need, because I think it's it's just it's just raising it, and getting it's not that complicated. And our clients, then we've got twenty thousand users. They're going great. This is so simple. This has made such a fundamental difference. We can put it into their hands. Then they can scale through something called which was General McChrystal. Utilised mm-hmm. in his book, Team of Teams, seeing their mm-hmm. organisation. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's right behind you. See, and, and it's just phenomenal seeing your organisation as a team of teams, interconnected, aligned by purpose, mission, values, uh, but autonomous and empowered teams. And that's uh, and that's a, that's a that's a that's a much more um empowering and and a mul- i'm using the wrong words here but it, it multiplies mm. your capacity across yeah. the organization phenomenally yes yes
0: i always see and feel your passion around this <laughs> pia and 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 yes right it's like how do we give folks what they're craving inside of their teams. And it's clear when you look at it, it's, it's an underserved entity, (laughs) our teams inside of organizations. And when you think about what is your experience of your work day to day, it's your experience with your leader and your team.
1: Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. And we are naturally, I had an experience the other day, which helped Really helped me to go. This is the natural way that people want to behave. So we had floods here up in northern New South Wales, and lots of people. It was phenomenal, um, and lots of people lost their homes and stuff. And we we yeah. had a fair amount of damage in our local little town. The town on Facebook said we're going to have a. Re-, they didn't call it this, but it was a retro retrospective, a review okay. in agile oh. terms, a review. of how did our community respond to the floods? What went well? What didn't go so well? What did we learn? And I was going like, this is amazing. And I sat with 70 people um, from age 19 to 80 in the community, and they really objectively reviewed what they'd done, came up with innovative ideas for next time. So yeah. people naturally come together. The way that individuals helped one another in the face of adversity and yeah. mother nature was quite extraordinary. It's in our DNA, but organizations, by relentlessly um, focusing on individual KPIs, pull people apart. Yeah. And then we don't get, we don't maximize that team unit. We don't maximize mm-hmm. the output. Now, it's not to say that people shouldn't be accountable with their KPIs, but we should be talking more about the team collective and how if you bring those KPIs together, you produce more. Yes. The output is more.
0: Yes. And having individuals think about how do I impact the team? How do I impact my colleagues day to day? Correct.
1: Correct. Yeah. And, and how are we talking about it? You know, it, mm-hmm. are, are we all avoiding issues and not doing it? And, and it's all that sort of passive, it, mm-hmm. it's all going on behind the scenes. Or do we start building the muscle to have good conversations about it, constructive and work with it? And like in any relationship, yeah. marriage, friendships, the whole lot, how do, how do we then just kind of get move on and, yeah. and, um, and work with it? And I think that's really powerful. And, you know, the engagement surveys have become a massive thing of the last decade. And yeah. and in the US alone, a billion dollars are spent on engagement surveys. And yet yeah. only 22% of those people that bought it in organizations are happy with the results that they're getting. And I don't mean the results they're seeing, but what it's doing for them. The whole process, yeah. And, and for the first, Time And that's probably, I think that's probably something to do with, with the pandemic. Engagement has now dropped to 20%. 80% of people are partially disengaged or actively disengaged. That's Mm -hmm. a problem. You're spending hours at work Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter where you work from. It's how you work Mm -hmm. and how you work can really be impacted through the team. Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: Yes. And empowering everybody to get involved and take some ownership and some responsibility in what is our experience like day to day. You think about you mentioned families, Pia, you know, when you think about like, how is my relationship with my family? How's my relationship with my extended family going? Well, Pia, mm. I know that I need to reach out to my cousins, right? I, when, they're, when they're posting about their kids on Facebook, I need to make a comment, right? I, this is my responsibility to be involved and be connected and create um, a, a feeling of love and connection and family. It's not like we all look to grandma or grandpa to have That's to right. do all of that. But it's funny how sometimes in the work world we're like, "Our leader's supposed to fix this for us." Yeah, and I and love that a process like this is, yeah, putting, not like, not like heavy, like, ownership on people, but let's get involved and let's talk about what really works for us individually and
1: collectively. Absolutely, and that, you've hit on a really good point there of a dynamic that we've discovered inside teams um, which is the 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 manager the leader feels they have to coordinate oh, yeah. everything so they become the hub and spoke everybody communicates into them and back out and they communicate to everyone else and that is actually in in a number of debriefs that has come up and what the team has decided to do is and this is quite it's very cheap this they have one-to-ones with each other about what their, their objectives are um, how they can support one another. And that's all they have to do. In the next three months, they're going to have one-to-ones they've got to understand. And that that is a huge accelerator because yeah. that frees up the time <laughs> for the manager to be able to, okay, how do I get those other conditions in place? How do I, how do I support that team? but they are communicating with one another to work out how is it going to be more efficient than when we're in team meetings, we're not defending our number, defending our product line, defending our function. Mm
0: -hmm. We're actually
1: then understanding each other's part of the business and what we might need to do. Mm -hmm. So that dynamic and resolving tension, which there's going to be healthy tension in the system. That's normal. Yeah. And it's about working that out and, uh, and yeah. And, 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 having the conversation around that, but that hub and spoke exists and the team leader feels, or the leader feels under so much pressure to be able to do everything. Yes. And, 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 and they're being put, pitched into a hybrid, often a fi- hybrid way of working, where there hasn't been a rule book written. Right. So we have to do this differently. We have to look at the way that we operate differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not passing all the responsibility onto the team, but it is co-creating together. Yeah. It's, giving, it's giving them the capacity with the leader to be able to discuss, think about things. And it's like with your kids, isn't it? You know, if you tell them what to do, but actually if you have an adult conversation with your teenagers, sometimes you're surprised. Yes. Everyone steps up. It gives the space to be able to step up. And that's what happens yeah. within a team. Yes.
0: So, Pia, if we've got a leader listening who's saying, OK, all right, I get this. Yep. Teams have been underserved. Um, I want to focus on creating the conditions for my team to succeed. Where where do they start? Where do they look first?
1: Um, well, they can certainly um, I could do a quick plug for us. They can definitely come yeah. to yeah. Squadify.net and have a look around there and very welcome to to try a Squadify for themselves. I think that probably what I would first say is think about these three conditions, clarity, climate and competence mm-hmm. and ask yourself three questions. What am I actually trying to achieve across each of those those areas. So what does my clarity, what I'm, what is the team goal? What is the uh-huh. ultimate environment that I'd like to have uh-huh. to enable that climate? And what do I need in terms of competence? Then do a little sense check and go thinking about my team. Where do I think the strengths and weaknesses are against each of those three C's? Nice. And then where would that then tell me where the priority is? So it's that you're setting up, this is the goal against those three C's. This is the current situation. These are the, what I think are the priorities and that's your very first squadify. That's like a mental squadify. Then yeah. when you want to get down into more granular detail, come and do a squadify with us. Cause then that's going to give you a, a incredibly rich data for you and your team to be able to um, input, discuss, learn and track over a period of a year and being able to really build that teaming muscle together to be able to really manage and maximize performance in whatever the circumstances are that are thrown at you. Yeah. I,
0: I love it, Pia. And I love the simplicity, clarity, climate, competence, in alphabetical order, <laughs> right? Cause we in do want to start with the, the clarity. Where are we going? How are we going to get there? And given that, yeah. What's the climate that we want? What's the competence that we want? Yeah. It's, it's not some mystical, hard to follow formula no. here.
1: No. And, and I think that sometimes we get skeptical because we think, well, it's not complex enough. Mm-hmm. And, and leadership is an incredibly complex job. Yeah. So, and, and, and we're not trying to boil the ocean into making something simplistic here, but we have tried and tested yeah. this approach for 20 years. Yeah. And we've put it through its academic rigor. It has behavioral psychology that supports it. And it moves the needle. So yeah. you, can, you, can, it, you can either get on board and make life a little simpler yeah. <laughs> for yourself <laughs> Or we can contest it. But I think that that what we found is it it provides the language and the mental mindset and the framework for a leader and their team to create success. Well, and like you say, it's simple, not easy.
0: Correct. Right. And, and you don't want a team to get together and, and, and try to move the needle on twenty seven thousand things at the same time. Anyways, so you're not setting yourselves up for success. And like you said, the times that you've seen groups do their first squadify it's like, OK. We've got the yeah. hub and spoke thing
1: going on now. We're going to have one on ones. Yeah. That's what we're going to yep. focus on for the next quarter. Yeah. I had one group in um, Asia Pacific that realized that a lot of their social fabric was created at lunchtime and mm-hmm. because of the pandemic, they were not, they didn't have a shared kitchen yep. and they had no time to do the social interactions, which were like the oil in their own engine. Yes. So they didn't have it. So, that, so things were starting to get a little bit squeaky yes. because they weren't having. Now, it sounds really simple but that's a fundamental cultural importance for that part of the world to spend time eating together is a way that you build relationships. So they were all on zoom and they said, well, we're going to have to have zoom lunches. We're just going to have to. I was
0: wondering if that was where that led. And
1: that was it. And then that became the way that they did it. they could eat and not talk. So there was no agenda about work. It was just, let's just hang out. It was lunchtime. Yeah. Yeah. So that they could get their oil back. They got the oil back. Things started running deaf because, you know, things would pop up. They would start talking. They would get to know each other. They would, you know, bring their dog in. They would, you know, they would, it was all of the human connection that is really important that enabled them then to put that into the dynamics of how they could perform together. Love
0: it. Pia, thank you for your time today. You said so many great things. Let's let's focus on teams and leaders providing the clarity for your team and creating the conditions for your team to succeed and to co-create. Thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you, Amy. It's been a wonderful pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to the Courage of a Leader podcast. If you'd like to further explore this episode's topic, please reach out to me through the Courage of a Leader website at www.courageofaleader.com. I'd love to hear from you. Please take the time to leave a review on iTunes. That helps us expand our reach and get more people fully stepping into their leadership potential. Until next time, be bold and be brave because you've got the courage of a leader.